0: You will not get the spring of the human birth again. This is the Bhajan Nahilabna Manas Janam Bahar on page ninety one. After making the promise you forgot about it. It has become difficult to give the accounts of your deeds. You have forgotten the agreement. Attach your love in the feet of the Master. Finish the practice of being born and dying. Why do you stay away? Open your eyes and see the view. Within you is sitting the beloved Lord. Awake and be conscious. The lost time does not come back to one's hand. Kapal explains to a board the ship and sail across you will not get to spring of the human birth again nehilabana
1: <laughs> manasajanamabahara nahi labna manas janm cheta muskila ho gya Veda khar ke bhol cheta, Mushkil ho giya dhenna lekha, Bisra giya ikkaraar moor ke nahi labana. Nahi Labana Mana Sajanam Abaharam Murke Nahi Labana Nahi Labana Mana Sajanam Abaharam Murke Nahi Labana Goodichar and avicha gale Jammanamar and narita mukale Goodichar and gale Jammanamar and narita renda kyo fara nahi labana nahi labana manas janma bahada hum nahi labana nahi labana Manas jana baba hara Amur ke nahi lavana Akiya khol ke dekha na jara Andar betha malik pyara Akiya khol ke dekha jara Andar Betha, Malik Pyaara, Uttake Hosh Sambhala, Murke Nahila Bana, Nahila Bana, Manas Janama Bahara, Murke Nahila Bana, naa ilavna
0: manas
1: janma bahada humun ke indhilavna bita vela hatane aave Ajayvanu banu kede bete av la kere nayave a chai ho nahi labana nahi labana Manasajanama bahadam odake nahi labana, nahi labana. Manasajanama bahadam odake nahi labana.
0: You'll not get the spring of the human birth again. Our next bhajan is on page 35. Deja tu darasahun. Give the darshan now. Why have you delayed? We will come to your door and yell the slogan of Emperor Kripal. Give us your glimpse after coming, O oh beloved Sawan. We didn't get you even though we searched for you a lot. We will cross the ocean only with your support. Oh, beloved, why did you leave after going away from us? At least for once, come and show us the original light. Without you, what other remedy will we make? Like Mansur, we will stand with strength. In your separation, we will climb on the cross. Without you, we will get kicked and knocked. Oh, Baba, we the sinners are calling you. All the god is stranded. Ajab says, without Kripal, we all will be kicked and knocked. Give the darshan now. Why have you delayed? We will come to your door and yell the slogan of Emperor Kripal. Bhajan of Sanchi on page
2: 35. Deja tu anya hunalanya kanu deria. Deja tu darasha hunalanya kanu deria. TARA re TE RETE AVANGGE JINARASHA KIERAPALA DALA AVANGGE DEJATU DARA SHAHUNALAYAKANU DERYAH DEJATU DARA SHAHUNALAYAKANU Parukte re te avange Jinarusha la Deja khanajare akisavande piyariya Deja Labeyana Sanu Asi Baho Tenu Paliya
3: Labeyana Sanu Asi Baho Tenu Paliya
2: Pada te Sahara Ho ja vange Deja tu darasha humna lion kanu deria. Deja tu darasha humna lion kanu deria. Darate rete abang e ji narasha kirupalada. Sanya sato hoke can do raji. Rakayo sanya e ho sava jehanu raji. Kera ho tere bina ho deja Tarate rete abang de jin arasha Vanga sura karange. Vanga hoke karange erehi vichora vichasule utte charange
3: vichore
2: utte charange tere chakara Deja tu dara shahuna layan kanu deriya Deja tu dara shahuna
0: layan
2: kanu deriya Tara te re te avangeji narasha Kira palata Asi si Gunna papa tenu hapu kar Asi oshi papa tenu hapu kar day Vichamanjadarade Sari
3: Sangha Kari Vichamanjadarade
2: Adaiba Kirpala Bina Talkara Kavanga Kirpala Dalavanga
0: Deja tu
2: darashahu na layan kanu deriya. Deja tu darashahu na layan kanu deriya. Tar te 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 avange jinara sha kira
0: the Darshan now. Why have you delayed? We will come to your door and yell the slogan of Emperor Kripal. I want to begin this morning by reading discourse of Kripal Singh, which I think is often ignored. It is one of the last major addresses that he gave. I think the last major address that we have a a written uh, version of, or that's in print. This is the presidential address delivered by Kripal Singh in February 1974 at the inaugural session of the Great World Conference on Unity of Man in New Delhi. And it's called The Remodeling of Our Destiny. And it is... I think it covers a lot of ground and there is, uh, in some ways it's very basic, in other ways it's very radical. I think I have found it very helpful over the years. A mystic bond of brotherhood makes all men one. Thomas Carlyle. And Master says, dear brothers and sisters, I am happy to greet you all who have gathered here from all over the world. In this momentous session, we have to explore and find out ways and means to cement and strengthen the solidarity of mankind. Nations, like individuals, are swayed by passions, prides, and prejudices which create chasms in the real social order which are very often difficult to span. We are living in an age of decadence when moral and spiritual values are at their lowest ebb. With all these drawbacks and the numerous divisive tendencies, there is still a ray of hope of regeneration and reorientation. This very hope has brought us together. I thank you all for the loving response to the call for remodeling of our destiny to secure a lasting peace. It is said that East is East and West is West and never the twain shall meet. That may have been true at one time or another, or for the author of the dictum, Rudyard Kipling, but certainly it carries no weight with men of God in the present scientific age, when distance and space are fast losing their significance and efforts are being made to establish interplanetary contacts. The various countries of the world are just like chambers in the house of God, housing different nations, distinguished from one another by geographic, climatic, and historical conditions, facial contours and complexions, languages and dialects, diet and apparel and modes of worship, All people conditioned by these divergent factors form the great organic whole called humanity. With all these seeming differences and distinctions of color, creed, and caste, and these diversities in his modes of living and thinking, man essentially and basically remains man in outer appearance and inner makeup. Unity already exists in the human form since each one is born the same way with the same outer and inner construction and each one has a soul which is of the same essence as that of God. We are drops of the ocean of all consciousness whom we worship as the same God calling him by different names. Holy men say that the human body is the true temple of God and that he resides in the temple made by him in the womb of the mother and not in temples made by human hands and that the human form provides us with a golden opportunity to realize him. Man has three aspects, physical body, intellect and a conscious entity he has progressed physically intellectually and mechanically but despite this he is unhappy and has not developed spiritually he has developed his head and not his heart and his scientific knowledge is misdirected to fiendish malevolence it has created a spiritual vacuum. We stand in the middle of a twofold crisis a state cult of militarism, euphemistically called patriotism, on one hand, and an apathy to spiritual development through knowledge of the true self on the other. In the absence of any positive thinking on both these levels, we are morally regressing. And in this sad predicament, we cannot have lasting peace. Guru Nanak therefore prayed, O God, the world is aflame and has passed beyond our care. Save it by the means you consider best. The problem before us is how to bring about a change in man's heart and affect his inner conversion, so that he can see truly and clearly and learn to discriminate between truth and untruth. Since this lies beyond the scope of body and intellect, it can only come about through an inward illumination of divine wisdom in the sanctuary of the soul. This is the individual aspect of the matter. We also have to forge abiding bonds of kinship among the nations of the world so they will treat each other with genuine courtesy based on inward love and friendliness and seek the welfare of all members of the human family, transcending their political ideologies which create rivalries and international tensions." During my last foreign tour, I was asked on television in the United States, how can peace be cemented? I told them, peace can be cemented only when men rise above isms and presidents and kings rise above countries. To remain in any ism is a blessing, if we keep in mind the ideal for which we have joined it and rise into universalism. But if we stick obdurately to the ism, the result is again narrow-mindedness and selfishness. Similarly, if kings nourish their gardens well and keep them blooming in all respects, they should let all other countries bloom the same way and further the cause of human happiness. Otherwise, there will be conflicts and wars. It has been our endeavor of late to find a common forum and meeting ground where such momentous issues could be discussed dispassionately by separating the non-essentials from essentials and eliminating differences in order to find unity in diverse thinking and bring abiding peace on earth complete concord and amity in all spheres of our life. In order to understand this worldwide movement in which we are participating today, it is necessary to review its background. Religious contacts between East and West were established as far back as 1893 when the patriot saint Vivekananda went out with the message of the Upanishads in Gita and represented India at the Chicago Parliament of Religions. His life and living showed a practical way to demonstrate the essential unity of all religions, to proclaim the message of which he founded a chain of missions in the name of his master, Paramansa Ramakrishna. Ten years later, In 1903, another young savant, Swami Ram Tirith, presented the philosophy of Vedanta to the West in such a lucid manner that he was hailed as a living Christ. Thus, the way was paved for the next great step the spread of spirituality or mysticism, the bedrock of every religion. In its pure essence, this implies the awakening of man to a consciousness at once suprasensible and supramental, an immediate revelation. All mystics, Eastern and Western, have believed in the possibility of direct communion with the spirit and power of God through love and contemplation without the aid of reason and logic. It puts man on the road to inwardness, not to be confused with escapism, with an active living morality as the essential prerequisite. This is the religion of spirit, or the science of the soul. And through it, an individual finds his proper relation to the universe by establishing contact with God through his expression, the power called nam, shabad, kalma, or word, which is the maker permeating and controlling all creation. The relationship with this power is achieved by developing reverence for life at all levels of existence, Without distinguishing between high and humble, including man, bird, beast, and the lower species, the non-human forms are the younger members of the family of God. The idea, this idea of the sanctity of life is a living religion of love in the innermost part of our being. True theism cannot be reasoned out intellectually or felt on the level of emotions. It proceeds from true knowledge, which is an action of the soul in perfect harmony beyond the senses. This is what is called spirituality, the contact of the soul with the oversoul, and it is achieved by rising above-body consciousness through practical self-analysis, a demonstration of which can be given by an adept in the process. We call it Paravidya, the knowledge of the beyond, because it lies beyond our sensory perceptions. This science of the soul is not something new. It is the most ancient teaching of all. The way back to God is of God's own make and stands on its own without the necessity of scriptural support to uphold its authenticity. But unmistakable references in the scriptures of all religions from the earliest times to the present day bear witness to the unmanifest reality in its primordial form of light and sound. In the present age, saints like Kabir and Guru Nanak revived the ancient teachings of the sages of the past. In more recent times, the torch was kept alive by their successors until the spiritual mantle came to hallow the personality of Baba Sawan Singh Ji, who during his long ministry of 45 years... 1903 to 1948, gave it the widest distribution possible. In 1911, he began the work of revealing the gospel of love, light, and life to the Western world as well. Rohani Satsang was founded in 1948 and dedicated to the task of imparting purely spiritual instruction shorn of all ritual and ceremony and free from embellishment and symbol to all classes of humanity. Followers of different faiths, beliefs, and creeds meet at Samhain Ashram, which became its permanent center in 1951, and address large masses of people coming from different walks of life, who are eager to learn and understand the elemental truths which form the quintessence of all sacred scriptures. The discourses converge on the common theme of establishing direct touch with reality, and attempts are made to reproduce and correlate in simple, understandable language the sayings of sages and seers of all times. Presently, this is being spread in 209 centers all over the world, which have helped considerably to remove, to some extent, artificial barriers of race, language, and religion, and brought many kinds of human beings to worship the nameless being with so many names. By the grace of God, a new field unexpectedly opened up in 1957, when Muni Sushil Kumarji sponsored a conference of world religions with the idea of forming a world fellowship of religions. As a result of further deliberations, there did come into being a fellowship, including most of the faiths of the world, and I was elected its president. Three world tours were undertaken and four world religions conferences were organized in India, besides regional conferences in other countries. The purpose was to disseminate the idea of universal fellowship among people professing different faiths and beliefs, and it brought about broader and better understanding and a sense of mutual trust and confidence at the top level among the representatives of the various religions. But, while the religious leaders were coming closer, a danger was developing among the followers. Instead of making religion a cementing force, they made it an instrument to serve their vested interests and began to form communal groupings bearing the labels associated with their isms, fortifying them with artificial walls of hatred and distrust. One wonders how a person professing religion, which is a link between man and God, can run the risk of forgetting that he is a man born with the same privileges from God as those he hates and that he is a conscious entity which is a drop of the ocean of all consciousness. To combat this danger of religious chauvinism, it was thought necessary to start the work of regeneration from the roots. Man-making must take precedence. This can only be done by inculcating in people generally the humanistic ideals of unselfish love and selfless service, with special emphasis on man-service, land-service, and animal-service, animals being our younger brothers and sisters in the family of God. This idea took concrete shape in 1969 with the decision to set up man-making centers, or Manav Kendras, here in India and abroad. In India, a man center has been started at Dehradun at the foot of the Shivalik range of the Himalayas. It has set up a hospital, a home for indigent elderly people, and a school for the children of poor families in the area. A provision for farming and cattle raising on modern scientific lines is a part of the project. Eventually, we hope to see a university fully equipped with the original scriptural texts of the religions of the world, so that comparative studies of the truths contained therein may be undertaken, and a language school to overcome linguistic difficulties. This convention aims to unite all mankind on the common ground of service to fellow human beings in faith and divine power. And to accomplish that, it urges the religious and ethical leadership of the world to shed apathy and aloofness and assume a more prominent role in human affairs. Such conferences in the past have been organized at the level of religions and consequently have not been able to achieve integration in the required measure. A significant feature of this conference is that it is being organized at the level of man, as envisioned by saints and prophets like Socrates, Buddha, Muhammad, Christ, Kabir, and Nanak, so that it may lead to true integration. The challenging task before the religious and spiritual leaders is to bring about a radical change in the ethical, educational, and economic status of humanity. Economic uplift is essential because a hungry man is an angry man and to talk of God to him is a mockery. I am confident that each one of us fully realizes the significance of this cosmopolitan meeting and will extend his wholehearted support toward the fulfillment of its objectives, developing human understanding and heralding the unity of mankind. Let us pledge ourselves to this task transcending all narrow allegiances and commitments and stand united and resolute until its ultimate fulfillment. And I wanted to continue uh, reading a couple of sections from Master Kripal's beautiful book on prayer, which I've not read at satsang for quite a while. Uh, the first section is gradations in prayer. And Master says this, I mean, the other, the talk we just read is, of course, concentrating, you might say, on the outward aspects of the path or the some of the implications of the path as they relate to the way in which individuals relate to the world around them. This section is on the inner aspects or that which involves the way an individual relates to the God within him. And as Master says in The Crown of Life, they are really like two wings of a bird. Um, A bird can't fly with only one wing, but needs both. So Master says in the course of time, an aspirant begins to feel more and more the need for spiritual uplift, than for mere physical comforts. In Vridharanyaka Upanishad, we have this prayer. From the unreal, lead me to the real. From darkness, lead me to light. And from death, lead me to immortality. As soon as an aspirant begins to have inner experience, All worldly enjoyments lose their charm. Having had an experience, howsoever little, of the unchangeable permanence, he now finds no pleasure in the ever-changing objects of the world, subject as they are to gradual decay, disintegration, and ultimate dissolution. He asks no more for physical comforts. What shall I pray for when nothing is permanent? Kabir. The whole world is slavishly mad, following the Epicurean principle, eat, drink, and be merry. None has time to think of God in the inner self, but nothing in the world holds any attraction for a true aspirant. He makes best use of whatever comes in his way, and works but to satisfy the bare needs of his body and spends the rest of his time in sadna spiritual discipline so as to derive the greatest benefit for his soul. For times without number have I drunk life to the lees without thy saving grace, O Lord, Nanak hath no release Guru Arjan. Hereafter the aspirant lives just for the manifestation of Godhead within himself and to sing the glory of his name. Let the lotus feet of the master rest in the heart. Let the tongue repeat his holy word. To live a life of constant remembrance, nurture ye this living temple of the Lord, Guru Arjan. While on this path, the pilgrim traveler realizes his ignorance and knowing his incapacity extends to God his hands in prayer. O Lord, make me swim safely to the other shore. I know not swimming. Extend to me thy hand of help. Namdev. As his angle of vision changes, so does the nature of his prayer. At first, a person prays for the fulfillment of his physical needs. But when one starts on the spiritual path, he prays for the removal of such obstacles as come in his way. For example, sense turmoil, mental chattering, ingrained karmic impressions. This period is most critical in the life of a sadhak. Until actual self-realization, he is in a state of perpetual restlessness, tossing back and forth. He belongs wholly, neither to the world nor to God. While in the eyes of worldly people, he is a man of piety, yet in the heart of his heart, he knows he is full of iniquities. Farid, the sinful, is still robed in black though the people address him as Darvish, Faridsa In this state of uncertainty, the sadhak at times tries to snap away and escape from the struggle. But after a time, the inner urge once again comes upon him, and he takes courage and starts Godward. Should a traveler while traveling fall down, there is nothing to wonder and cavil at. O Kabir, one who sits and starts not on the journey has an immeasurable distance yet to traverse. But until a person is able to subdue his senses and sensory organs and rid the mind of oscillations, the kindly light of God does not dawn upon him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Christ. He who controls his ten organs, heaven's light dawns within him. Guru Arjan. The wiles of the mind are both very subtle and risky. It often lies in ambush and makes its inroads when least expected. The ingrained evil propensities, though invisible, are very strong, and time and again they come to the surface to deliver blows which often prove fatal. The coil strikes out like lightning, with such sharp and sudden twists and turns that man by himself is helpless in its clutches. Here comes the need for the long and strong arm of the Master, which stretches forth with equal agility to his rescue. Subdue the mind with the power of the master Swami Shibdal Singh Mind cannot come to rest unless it is overshadowed by the power of the master Malana Rumi. The sleeping mind comes to its own by constant thought of the master Guru Ramdas. And I wanted to conclude by reading another section from the same book called Ask for God. This is a section of the chapter, What to Ask from God. Master says, one may invoke help in crucial moments of his life from God or from a God-man, for he alone can rescue him from such slippery moments. Full of the deadly sins and tormented by lusts of the flesh, I cry. Rescue me by thy grace as best thou may. O great and compassionate one, I am at thy mercy. With austerities and penances one cannot escape. But with thy glance of grace, take Nanak out of the blind well. O oh Lord, save me! I am incapable of doing anything in thy mercy. Grant me the gift of Nam, Guru Arjan, I pray to the Guru, the beloved of God, a filthy worm am I. O oh, grant me the light of Nam, Guru Ram Dass. mind can be controlled only by the dun or sound, of nam, or the celestial strains of music, and it is for this that one has to pray. No other type of yoga, ganana, hatha, karma, etc., can be of any avail in this connection, nor has anyone been able to escape from the clutches of the mind with all his wits about him. One may tame the wild mind only through the practice of sat-shabad or nam, the true word, and one can have initiation into this practice from some adept in the line. The moment it comes into contact with nam, the mind gets docile, and instead of being an arch-traitor as hitherto, it turns into a positive ally and helps the spirit in its onward march on the spiritual path. Oh, I have got the treasure of Harinam. My mind now wanders not, but is in eternal rest. Guru Teg Bahadur Listening to the dun, the mind gets stilled. None of the myriad of ways can work this miracle. The yogin practices yogic exercises. The ganani is immersed in ganana. The hermit tires himself out in lone solitude. The anchorite does endless austerities. Those who meditate on the mental patterns, they too suffer from a great delusion. Learning and knowledge are of not much avail for the wise in the end have to rue their wisdom. The pundit engages in the recitation of the Vedas, but all his sacred lore fails to take him any nearer to God. No other means are of any consequence whatever. The only beneficial way is that of Shabbat. When a master of the sound current appears on the scene, the disciple, too, begins to feel the yearning of the new birth. With the practice of the Surat Shabad Yoga, the mind-stuff gradually sinks within itself till nothing remains. Swami Shivdal Singh When once this contact with Nam is established, Sadak always feels the presence of the higher power, and the power remains forever with him wherever he may be, on the snowy mountaintops or in the burning desert sands. Reveling in the greatness of that power, he leaves all his cares to him and becomes indifferent to everything around him. He cheerfully accepts whatever comes his way as coming from him for his benefit alone. He consciously sees the divine will at work and smilingly surrenders himself to it with words of genuine gratitude on his lips. He has no longer any wishes and desires of his own except what may be of God. Now he works as a mere instrument, moving like an automaton under the influence of that power. He sees all creatures high and low, just as tiny specks set in an orderly harmony in the immense universe surrounding him. He now divines a procession which is orderly, an order which is harmonious, Obeying a will infinitely above him and yet infinitesimally careful of him. In this way is established a complete harmony between the soul of man and the soul of the universe. At every step he cries forth, let thy will be done. All creatures, the highest to the lowest, are at thy mercy and thou carest for them one and all. Whatever pleaseth thee, that is best. Nanak has no other wish but this. Whatever pleaseth thee is good. Thou art forevermore, O formless one. Guru Nanak O Nanak, great is the power of Nam. Let there be peace unto all through thy will. The pontifical blessings generally end with the words, Urbi et orbi, to the citizen and the world. In the end, there comes a stage when the sadhak feels no necessity even for prayer. Sweet are thy doings, Nanak desireth only Hari Nam. In whatsoever state I am, that is a heaven unto me, Guru Arjuna. When God is the knower of the secrets of all, there hardly remains anything to be told him. With the Lord seated in each one of us and permeating our very being, what need is there to pray and to whom? Hari is the indweller and knoweth all. To whom, then, art we to tell of us, Guru Arjan? What should the lowly urge for when God is seated within all? Guru Ramdas. Saints always live in this state. Being one with his will and conscious co-workers with him, prayer of itself becomes a heresy for them and savors of skepticism. Nature's forces simply wait on them. However slight a thought may arise, it must, like an immutable law, prevail. God is ever with his devotee and looks after him with more care and attention than any loving mother would give her child. Guru Arjan tells us, He who asks from the Lord, whatever it be, that is granted forthwith. O Nanak, the words of the devotee do come true wherever he may be. For the sake of his devotee, he runs far and near and stands ever by his side. Whatever the devotee asks of him, that must happen. Kabir, describing the condition of his mind, tells us that it has, like the water of Ganges, Become so transparent that even God has become enamored of him. Kabir, thy mind is now as clear as the Ganges' water. Even God himself restlessly follows thee, shouting, Kabir, Kabir. When all the desires of a devotee get automatically fulfilled, he naturally becomes desireless. The wish-yielding treasure of Nam becoming manifest within, takes care of him at every step. With the Lord God as a loving father, the child has no hunger for anything, for thou art the treasure house of Nam, and he gets whatever he wishes. The prayers of the devotee cannot go in vain, Guru Arjan. When the great donor is with the devotee, The devotee has nothing to pray for, for he is one with him, and there is nothing besides whom he may address. Guru Arjan draws a wonderful pen picture of this state of perfect satiety. Deathless is he, and I have nothing to fear. He being immortal, I have not to wail. He is not poor, and I have no want. He being above sorrow and pain, I too have none. Besides him, there is no destroyer. He and I live eternally. When he is free, there is nothing to bind me. Both of us are above the stage of bondage. He being immaculate, I too have no stain. He being within me, what taint can I have? He has nothing to think of, and nothing is left for me to think. Neither of us has anything to gloss over. Desireless is he, and I too desire nothing. He is spotlessly pure, and so am I. I have no existence apart from him, for he alone is. O oh, Nanak, through the Master has this delusion disappeared. Having dipped in him, we are dyed in one color. And we are listening to a tape of Sanchi.
4: Now, we try to say that hey? Guru
5: Tadini Maharaj also said that my beloved Lord has tied the knot so strongly that neither it can be broken nor it can be cut down and there is no way it can be left off. The Master <coughs> connects our soul with God Almighty with so much strength with so much strength that neither it can be cut down nor it can be broken and there is no way we can let
4: it go. <laughs> Sadhguru
5: Gripal used to say that the Sadhguru never loses, loses the rope with which he has tied the soul with him. Sometimes he may loosen it, but he never leaves
6: it. (Santhi)
4: This <Santhi> is a big problem because this is a great thing that is open and open, and you can see that the Guru and the Pramantam are going to be able to do it. But when someone first says, when someone comes out of confidence, after a few days, they have to gain in the Guru
5: now Guru Valdim Dev Ji Maharaj says that the Master and God Almighty, they both are the names of the same power. But it is very difficult to understand this because these are the words of those masters whose vision was open, whose eyes were open, and those who have seen this in their within with their own eyes. In the beginning, it is very difficult for us to understand and grasp this. In the beginning, we do need to develop a little bit of faith outside and with that faith, when we sit in the meditation, go within. And see the things with our own eyes, then it is not that difficult to believe in this fact that God and our Master are the names of the same
4: power. is in the same Take care. Can leggy, Keha Chamba, get to see the new Kilbutan day, Kemes of Yikini Mamuli and Sam, and a In this
5: context, Master Singh, he used to give the example of Queen Gendrimati, who was a disciple of Tavisa. He used to say that when Indramati went to Satkan and saw Kavisar sitting on the throne of the Satkurut, she said that, Master, it would have been much better if you had told me that you were the Kavi Kavisar replied that if I had told you that I was Satkurut, you would have not believed in me because you would have thought that I am a human being like the other people. I also eat, drink and do all the things. So how can this human being can be Sadhguru?
4: so if, even if even i had told you that i was satguru you would have not believed in me to People would ask Master
5: that, Master, how can we address you or what should we call you? Master used to say that you may call me as an elder one, you may call me as a Baba, you may call me with any name you may want if you want to call me with the name which my parents have given to me. That's fine with me. But do whatever I tell you. Meditate, go within. Because until we go within, we cannot know the real glory and position of the Master. Only after going within can we come to know that how much respect and how much appreciation he has in the inner planes and what glory and what position does he hold in the inner planes. So unless we go within, we cannot know the reality of the Master. We cannot appreciate and we cannot see the glory of the Master.
6: God Permission
4: आगे पीछे लेने हैं सूर्य चंद्रमा सुतारे पाप कर जाने हैं अभी गुरुदशरु पर्द हो जानदा है उसे गुरुदेश्यन है कहल गए जिन्हें वो उस जगह पहुंच गए हैं अंदर जाके गुरुदेशिश बंगे हैं वो नामन वो ना जो परम है वो खत्म हो जानदा है परम की है के पता नहीं ऐसी कित्थे जमागे आखर की हो रहा
5: now Guru Vajanderthi Mahara says that when we bring our scattered attention by putting the symbol behind our eyes, when we bring our scattered attention, when we concentrate at the eye center and after crossing the sky, stars, moon and sun, when we reach the radium form of the Master over there are the holy feet of the Master. So Guru Vajanderthi Mahara says that those who reach that plane, those who reach the holy feet of the Master all the illusions Disappear. What is the illusion? The illusion is the fear that where are we going to be born after this life? What is going to happen after we leave this world? So all this is illusion, all, all this is illusion. So once we reach the radiant form of the Master, once we reach the holy feet of the Master, all these illusions disappear because after reaching the radiant form of the Master and sitting at his holy feet, then we are sure, then we are satisfied. Then now our master will take us wherever he wants to.
4: He said
5: that
4: all those who have got the honour have done so by doing the seva of the master. The masters always
5: talk about doing the seva. There is a seva which we can do with our mind. There is a seva which we can do with our body. There is a seva which we can do of the Shab, the, the seva of the meditation. So whatever opportunity we get of doing the seva, and whatever form of seva we can do, we should always take advantage of that, and we should do the seva. bhai Gurudas has also said that curse on those hands and feet who not do the seva, all the other all the karmas which we do except other than doing the seva are waste.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: ज्ञानوصि अपने नाम जप सेवा करके कर लेने है गोस्वामी さん गुरुदेव दर्शन है नहीं है दिल इतनी होती है कि जिस तरह फूल खिल जाता है खुशी भी करके फूल lovingly he said
5: that when we purify our mind and body by doing the seva of the Master and by doing the meditation even to us by the Master, then we get darshan of the Master. And just like the flower when it blooms becomes very happy in the same way, we also bloom when we get to have the darshan of the Master.
6: Oh.
0: A closing bhajan is Tumase Tumase Mary Prith Purani" on page two sixty-seven. Oh beloved Kripal Guru, my love with you is very ancient. I am lying at your door. I am standing with my hands stretched out. The eyes are thirsty. Make me have your darshan. Shower grace, O Lord. Take me across, O friend of the miserable ones, the ocean of compassion. How do you forget me? Shower in grace, you liberated the saints. O Satguru, you have liberated even the sinners. You ate the contaminated fruits of Shivri. You embraced all those who came into your refuge. You have erased everyone's difficulties. You have known everyone's pain. O oh, Satguru, I am in your refuge. You are an ocean and I am your drop. You are my mother and father and brother. I am a beggar. You are the giver. Oh, Ajayb, this is the tale of lives. This is the story of birth after birth. Oh, beloved... Kapal Guru, my love with you, is very ancient. Bajan of Sanchi, on page
7: 267. Tumase, tumase, Mary Kripta Purani, take <speaking in> care <Hebrew> Guru, yare, yare.
3: follow Guru must say you must say you must say merry the Quran
7: sa re ka Paralangao,
3: Amki api asiri daishadikau
0: Dela
3: karo
7: Dina Bandu karuna ke sahagar Meri
3: Ekir pa la guru yase. Ekir pa la guru yase. Yase.
7: Satte guru to my naad ambar
3: care for care some jana kala Satte guru to my naad ambar
7: she very Sabha-shara-na-gapta-kantala-gai.
3: Sivari-ke-jute-pala-gai. Sabha-shara-na-gapta-kantala-gai.
7: mane sabha ki Sabaki hey, keep
3: Guru. Yare, hey, Guru. ya <speaking> re in he kripa dunu jo
7: he saty gul mein tumari tu mari
3: Satya Guru Me Sharana Tumari Tumma Sakara Me Bhumunda Tumari Tumma <coughs> Himata
7: Pitta Ora Pratha Mehuja Chaka Tumma
3: Hodata Tumahi Mata Apita Ora Vrata Nehuja Chaka Tumaho brata
7: Ya Jai Bhiyehi Janama Ki Gata Yehi Janama Janama Ki Ghani
3: Hei Kirapala Guru to Yare, yare hey, Kirapala Guru,
0: Tumase,
3: Tumase, Tumase me.
0: Oh, beloved Kripal Guru, my love with you is very ancient. May God bless us all.